Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. Thank you for joining us today. We're very pleased you're here. I'm Charlie Wright. And we'd like to welcome as our guest today, David Burkhart, managing member and CIO of Coloma Capital Futures, a commodity trading advisory firm trading in the futures market throughout the world. He speaks to us from the headquarters in San Francisco. David, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you very much, Charlie. It's great to be on. And uh, a shout out to uh, everyone who's suffering in Southern California from the fires. We have, unfortunately went through the same thing, and uh, my family's from, father's family's from Ventura, so I know exactly how what everyone's going through, and I just hope everyone's okay and gets through it all. David, thank you very much, and we, we appreciate those thoughts here. So, David, you started out uh, at uh, UCSB in economics, then uh, got a master's degree in foreign affairs from the University of Virginia, then you went to Horton to get an MBA in finance, and then you got a CFA, and you were then, you became a designated speaker for the CFA Institute and spoke uh, throughout the U.S., Canada, Mexico, France, Middle East, and elsewhere. No sympathy from us. We do not feel sorry for you for that. And uh, <laughs> you currently speak uh, for Dimensional Fund Advisors, and you have uh, spoken at UC Berkeley, San Francisco State and elsewhere, all on commodities trading. So the first question is, what's a nice guy like you doing in the commodities trading marketplace? How did this start here? Well, that's a great question, uh, and because the reason is, is that I fell into it. Uh, I started when I was at Barclays Global Investors. We had um, a number of commodity trading strategies out of our European office, but nothing for Canadian, American, or Asian clients. Uh, I basically said there's an entrepreneurial opportunity to create a business and just got started doing it there. Um, it took me a year to beg, borrow, and plead for resources, but got it done. And uh, after leaving uh, Barclays Goal Investors, I went ahead and started my own firm. So it's been a crazy ride, uh, but uh, if I can add one small thing to my bio, for those of you who are studying for CFA Level 2, the commodity section, uh, yes, I wrote that. So um, you can curse me or call me with questions. Hey, very nice of you to offer that here, David. Appreciate it. So <laughs> tell us about Coloma. Well, Coloma is the city where Sutter's Mill is here in California, where gold was discovered, as you uh, Californians undoubtedly know. And essentially, we have two strategies based on fundamental analysis. We use quantitative method where we can, in other words, statistics, to help us make decisions on what to do. But we also have a wide amount of discretion, and we look at the fundamentals in the market in terms of what's happening with lean hogs or the herd size or grains, uh, the yield, in order to uh, build portfolios for our clients. So so let, let's start uh, from a 10,000-foot level here, David. Uh Several times people have said to me, why does any, what's the commodities market all about? 
Paul, our uh, producer here, has, has said to me several times, I know absolutely no one who invests in the commodities market, the futures market, and they all, everybody seems to feel that it is high risk and they don't want to know anything about it and they certainly don't want to invest in it. So what are the misconceptions that you see there and how do you see the commodities and the futures marketplace? Well, I think that the main issue that people have is they look at the volatility or risk of those investments and they look at the potential for very high amounts of leverage. And so when people look at those type of strategies, they see these, you know, very high levels of volatility. Uh, and they uh, don't necessarily think about, okay, well, how can I take that high volatility and work for, with it from a portfolio perspective? Why is that important? It's important because volatility, in this case, means low correlation with stocks and bonds. So if you have a portfolio of stocks, bonds, real estate, and other prep alternative investments, adding commodities, whether from a beta perspective or from a alpha perspective, you can actually reduce the overall portfolio volatility by adding a non-correlated asset. And that's really what we try to focus on, is trying to say something that's capital efficient, but non-correlated, and then within our process, we look to manage that risk very aggressively, which I'm happy to dig into, but I was going to summarize what we do. That's what we try to do. Okay, so so David, tell us very briefly, without getting into the tall weeds, because you would lose uh, certainly us and uh, most of our listeners here. Tell us about your two strategies. So what we do is we have two, one focusing on hard commodities only, so that's and obviously the energy complex, so natural gas, crude oil, gasoline, a soft, which is coffee, sugar, cocoa, grains, so that's your corn, wheat, and soy, and livestock. So that's your live cattle, feeder cattle, lean hogs. We really don't do metals, but if we focus on these uh, particular sectors, we have a set of strategies that focus on trading those. Then separately, we have a volatility or VIX futures trading strategy, where again, we buy and sell VIX futures depending on relative valuation, and we put on a hedge with that to lower that overall volatility so something much more reasonable. Okay, so I understand in doing this, David, that you use fundamental analysis. Now, I have talked to many um, commodities traders, managed futures portfolio managers. They all use um, trend following, okay? But you mm -hmm. use fundamental analysis. Uh, what do you know that they don't? Well, basically, our point of view is that, you know, trend following is, you know, a nice idea, sentiment, momentum. However, it's a very crowded space. You can't differentiate yourself and offer something truly alternative if you take that approach. So our point of view is we want to zig while everyone is zagging, if you will. And so that means also that what we can do is if you add us to a trend following portfolio, then that should have a low correlation too. So you can build a manager of managers portfolio and have again something that's much more controlled from a risk perspective. So we don't use trend falling because we just grew up in a different way. My colleague Gary and I both have fundamental backgrounds. And for us in the end, we just go to that Graham Dodd style where 
You know, in the short term, the market might be a voting machine, but in the end, it's a weighing machine. And those weights are the fundamentals about what drives energy prices, oil prices, and so on. But don't you experience a lot of volatility in the meantime? And doesn't it sometimes take years for fair value to occur using fundamental analysis? That's true. Our approach is looking at relative supply and relative demand, which actually corrects much more quickly. And also, if we say are long, say, a June oil contract, we might be short a December oil contract. In other words, we're going to say if we're long one beta, we're going to be short a different beta, and that net beta is going to minimize that volatility. That's obviously going to cut that volatility of the position way down. So even though there's a lot of volatility maybe associated with a long June or long December contract by itself, by pairing the two together, that true long short that we do, that's what drives down the volatility and makes our clients sleep at night. So I've heard you say, David, that uh, you seek to achieve bond-like volatility with equity-like returns on a portfolio basis. Well, we all know that's nirvana. That's what every every asset manager would love to do. So briefly, you, you've talked about it a little bit with offsetting positions. Um, how are you able, how, how do you seek to do that? Right. Well, I'll just uh, you know use a very particular example. You know, if you're looking at say, okay, what's uh, OPEC going to do? Are they going to you know cut back oil further, or are they going to perhaps you know give up on their agreement and flood the market with oil? Right. You can make a fundamental decision about that choice, and then say, okay, well, I can just be outright and say I'm going to go long or short oil. That type of position has a relatively high standard deviation, perhaps 25% or more, 30% on an annualized basis. But if you pair that together with a hedge, you're going to take that very high volatility and bring it all the way down into the low, if not very low, single digits, and therefore make a position that's much more acceptable while you wait for those fundamentals to come into play. Because as you said, they can take a while. So we look for these opportunities put on the positions, and then we let that natural hedging reduce that volatility, allowing us and our clients to wait for that fundamental view to come into play. So just bringing that, just that process of being aggressive about hedging allows us the time for those fundamental views to come into play or for us to get new information to change our point of view. David, thank you. This is very, very interesting stuff over the, over the head of many of us. But we really appreciate hearing it and like to say this is certainly an investment that has a very, very low, if any, correlation with uh, the S&P 500. David, we need to take a short break here. And when we come back, let's talk about how the futures trading markets have changed in the years that you've been in the business here. Again, we've been talking with David Burkhart, Managing Member and Chief Investment Officer of Coloma Capital Futures a commodity trading advisory firm in San Francisco. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio, and we'll be right back. All right, time for the tip of the week. Charlie, what do you have? Paul, today we've got a tip of the week 
for advisors. We're talking with Troy Weingarner of Advisor Financing. They finance independent RIAs. So, Troy, uh, we've heard that there are a third of all advisors are over 60. And I heard recently at a conference that there are more CFPs over 70 than there are under 30. So this is a prime time over the coming few years for people to really start selling their practice. Typically in the past, the preferred method has been SBA. Is that still the case today? There is a tremendous demographic shift going on with retiring advisors. And yes, that has been the the typical choice of SBA lending. But frankly, SBA lending doesn't work well in the financial advisory industry. Uh, you can't do partial partial buyouts. So a junior buying a senior, it's very limited. The terms are not advisor-friendly, generally higher rates. Generally, you have to secure it with your home or residence. The good news is, Charlie, we have conventional lending in the marketplace. We've been able to bring conventional lending with better terms, better rates to the marketplace. Okay, so for those who would like to know more here, Troy, where can they go? Sure. Our website is advisorfinancingllc.com. We have a lot of information and a program overview for our lending program. Okay, very good. Troy, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. All right, back to Charlie and his guests. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with David Burkhart, Managing Member and Chief Investment Officer of Coloma Capital Futures out of San Francisco. So, David, uh, let me summarize what I've heard so far, and uh, you correct me where needed. Is that okay? Sounds great. So uh, you guys are commodity a commodity trading advisory firm, CTA. So that means that you do in, uh, separately managed accounts for people. You do not do pooled accounts, correct? That is correct. So everyone can see the holdings positions. They have their own statements, uh, and we can work with people directly in that basis. And so, and you have two strategies. One is uh, long or short or both. Uh, with various commodities and markets throughout the world, correct? That's right, in the sectors I admit. And and uh, number two, you have a hedged volatility strategy where you seek to achieve bond-like volatility but have equity-like returns on a portfolio basis. And so those are your two strategies. They work very differently from each other. Uh, which one of those two do you guys recommend that your clients start with? Well, most people are perhaps more familiar with VIX nowadays, and so people often look there first. It has um, perhaps a more accessible basis because it corresponds directly with equities, which people you know are typically invested in, but has that negative correlation with equities that make it relatively attractive on a portfolio basis. On the other hand, commodities, most people don't have those at all. And so people who are looking for something that's totally different, uh, looking for the portfolio that has everything, still wants an easy ad, people will then sometimes turn to the commodities. So it really depends what the clients are after. Okay. Now, we know that the futures market uh, has built in uh, margin and leverage. So do you leverage significantly or hardly at all? How can you describe uh, that to us who are somewhat neophytes in that marketplace? Well, that's a good point, and you have to look into that detail. So from our perspective, if you fully collateralize 
our account, you will have a lot of excess margin. In other words, if you want to buy one unit of our commodity strategy, it would only consume about $10,000 worth of margin. Now, we recommend you put in more simply because you have to deal with the pluses and minuses, the vagaries of the market. But you can sense that there is the potential for a lot of leverage, or you can put in more capital and reduce that leverage. That customization with the separate account structure really makes this uh, perhaps more interesting for the advisor because the advisor can say, well, I want this strategy, but I only want it at this level of risk. How can I make that custom adjustment on a per-account basis to make sure that the risk-reward makes sense for each of my clients, no matter their risk profile? And tell us who your clients are here, uh, David. Uh, uh, there are investors. Are those investors private or what we call retail investors? Are they institutional? And do you occasionally work with RIAs, although I imagine that there are potential licensing issues there. That's right. So most of our clients are individuals, high net worth or retail investors, depending on how you want to call them or the marketplace that you describe. We do also manage some money for fund-to-fund, so on the institutional basis. And we are in discussion with some foundations and endowments here in California about managing a portion of their portfolio. Uh, on the RAA side, we do talk with a few RAAs. Uh, in fact, we're in close discussions with one now. There are some licensing issues that they want to make sure are cleared up from their perspective. Certainly, uh, there's a separate set of NASD licenses that are out there for the futures market. On the other hand, uh, it is a relatively straightforward exercise, and perhaps there's some other back office issues that people want to double-check on to make sure that from a reporting perspective, that uh, everything is cohesive from a statement perspective to the client in the end. The good news is, is that because it's all separate accounts, the positions are fully transparent. You can see the trades, you get daily statements, and it's very um, perhaps obvious what is going on. And if there's any questions, people can always call. So, David, uh, because these are separately managed accounts, you obviously know who all of your clients are. So tell us, based upon your experience, why do people invest with Coloma? Okay. And uh, well, yeah, why do people invest with Coloma? Well, people invest with us because they're looking for something different. Esoteric, something that's a niche product. Very few people do what we do. As you pointed out, most people in the commodity space or managed future space are trend following. And finally, people also say, look, I want someone who knows something about these markets. I don't want some mathematical formula telling me what to do. I want to work with somebody who actually can tell me what's going on with lean hogs, what the corn yields are going to be this coming year, or these other types of fundamental information that helps them explain to their clients why they've made certain investments. You know, I've got to hand it to you, David. Uh, you know, I, I get in conversations with people and they say, hey, you know, what's happening with Apple? What's happening with Google? What's happening with emerging markets? And today they're saying, what's happening with Bitcoin? But with you, I doubt that many people say, hey, what's happening with lean hogs and corn? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But a lot of people ask about oil. A lot of people ask about gold. Uh, everyone has an opinion. Uh, it's just a question of teasing that out and uh, giving people arguments on either side, uh, which uh, which they want to go on. So tell us here, um, 
How has the futures trading market changed in the years since you've been doing this? Well, I would say that there's been sort of two overarching trades that you've seen in other markets. Uh, in that case, I would say futures markets are just like the others, which is one, algorithmic trading. So certainly computers are heavy, have heavy involvement in our markets as well. Still as human beings, we can tell typically when, when computers are being, uh, the drivers of the market. So it's actually very interesting to watch. The other big trend are the ETFs. So exchange traded funds, exchange traded notes in the futures space that own futures assets, whether directly or via swaps are much more common nowadays and uh, sometimes end up in people's portfolios, uh, but they do not own the futures themselves and therefore don't get the transparency and other benefits. Okay. So a question we like to ask all of our guests, David, what keeps you awake at night? <laughs> well, for me, it's not actually the markets themselves because of our hedging. For me, actually, it's sort of the bigger picture of, it seems, in my opinion, that we're revisiting some of the social, economic, and political unrest of the 60s and 70s. We have sort of Cold War fears. We have Middle East, uh, you know, items going on. Energy revolution is occurring. Everyone talks about the generational divide that we're seeing nowadays. And obviously, last but certainly not least, the domestic and political polarization and activism that we saw in the 60s and 70s. And so how those five things come together affects China, central banks, oil, politics generally, that's more of what keeps me up at night because those uh, those things are much more difficult to deal with than the weather. The weather we can trade around. Um, what uh, central banks do, uh, that's much more interesting and difficult. You know, David, uh, we've been asking that question for the three, year, three years we've been on this show, and I think we've asked it to every single guest. And... Up until a year and a half ago, no one ever mentioned political issues, social issues, etc. But uh, for the past year plus, uh, that has been typically the number one response of people. And what keeps them awake at night are, are these geopolitical and uh, other social issues that, uh, that that affect us all. And no question about it, it's on just about everybody's mind. The second question we'd like to ask all of our guests, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Well, at, at a slight risk, I, I have, I'm going to say five. So one on commodities, which is called The Age of Gold by Brand. So if you want to talk about the gold rush, that's your book. It's relatively recent. It's only a few years old. It's a great book on the gold rush. Second and third would be two books on general investing, which I'm sure you've heard of before on your show. Fooled by Randomness by Taleb, as well as When Genius Failed by Lowenstein. Both excellent books about risk and reward, and I think that they need to be thought about aggressively. And by the way, we, reviewed, we interviewed Roger mm -hmm. Lowenstein, the uh, author mm -hmm. of a Long-Term Capital Management, When Genius Failed. We interviewed him just a week ago. So, uh, yeah, excellent, we excellent book. recommendation. Yeah. Still relevant, still very relevant. And then last but not least, uh, two books that are more on the fun side of finance, if that's uh, such a thing, uh, Street Freak by Jared Dillon and Straight to Hell by John Lefebvre, uh, both of which uh, talk about sort of the trading deaths and trading atmospheres of the 90s and 2000s 
Uh, both are more on the fun side, but they have some interesting market lessons as well. I've read some things by Jared Dillon. Uh, spell, spell Jared Dillon for our listeners here, as well as Mr. Lefebvre. Sure. So Street Freak uh, by Jared Dillon is J-A-R-E-D-D-I-L-L-I-A-N. Okay. And then Straight to Hell by John, J-O-H-N. Lefebvre, L-E-F-E-V-E. So six letters, L-E-F-E-V-E. Okay, very good. We appreciate that. So for those who would like to know more, give us a website and contact information here, David. Sure. So our website is www.colomacapllc.com. That's C-O-L-O-M-A-C-A-P-L-L-C.com. And you can reach me, David Burkhart, B-U-R-K-A-R-T, at ColomaCapLLC.com. And then the phone number here is 415-840-7044. And we're right in the downtown financial district of San Francisco. All right, the cheap property area. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so final words for our listeners here, David. Well, I would say the final words are you have to think about risk, reward, and correlation. So many of the typical investments are beta-related. You know, central banks buying China expansion has been supporting stocks, bonds, real estate, commodities, international, domestic. Therefore, investing with someone like us or anyone who is focusing on alternative investments, and I mean real alternatives with low correlations to those assets, really should be thought about very much with a sharp pencil about people's portfolios. Uh, you know, historically, our best periods are when commodities and uh, volatility start to move around. So we actually look forward to that type of situation coming about to a certain extent. But uh, I think that's the main thing to think about, risk, reward, correlation. Very good. David, thank you very much. We appreciate you, your insights and spending a few minutes with us today and our best wishes for your continued progress and success there at Coloma Capital Futures. Thank you to you both. I appreciate being on. So again, we're, uh, we've been talking with David Burkhart, managing member and CIO of Coloma Capital Futures. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. We'd love to have you contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com. And you can go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you all an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host Charlie Wright or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing.